Welcome to the Rocking Motherhood Show, where we talk about the latest topics, news and information affecting the modern mum. We're for working mums, at-home mums, breastfeeding mums, bottle-feeding mums. We don't care. We're all rocking motherhood the best way we know how. Here's your host, Sarah Morrissey. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Rocking Motherhood Show. Today, we're talking to the lovely Erin Mayo, editor of Mother and Baby magazine. We're talking about a couple of things. First up is our little newborn geniuses, our babies and their brain development. Then we're going to move on to some of the challenges that new mums can face when they're transitioning to motherhood. We think it's going to be perfect. We think it's going to be easy, and we can quite often be really surprised by how difficult it can be. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm really well. Thank you. Now, our little geniuses, our little bubbies, we think of our newborn babies as eating, sleeping and pooping machines, especially within the first sort of few weeks of life. But there's a lot more going on in their developing brains, isn't there? Yeah, this is. And it's really quite fascinating. It turns out that our babies are really little sponges. Um, so, you know, we've got a, a story in this month issue um, about sort of baby brain surprises and what's actually going on inside your baby's brain. And it turns out that uh, between uh, birth and the age of three um, is when your baby's brain grows more rapidly than it ever will before. And by the time they're three, they will already have reached about 80% of the size of an adult's brain. So this is really the, the biggest period where of brain growth in, uh, in humans. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I was reading in the article in Mother and Baby magazine that our newborn bub is a language genius and it says that the optimum uh, learning time is from three months before birth. This actually really surprised me. Tell us about this. Yeah, this is really surprising because you kind of think, you know, when they're in utero, how can they be learning? But that's when um, they hear the world around you from the third trimester. So, we, you know, that's the kind of time that we should start speaking to our babies. And for adults, you know, learning a new language can be really hard, but for your babies, it's a bit of a breeze because they're primed to notice particular things in that age um, age range. So that's when they're tuning into rhythms and nuances and that kind of thing. So that's a really great time if you want to start introducing a second language to your baby to be doing it when they're such a young age and... Uh, you know, really learning all around them and all languages around them. It's also a time when a lot of mums uh, start playing music to their babies as well, isn't it, prior to birth? What else can we do with our baby prior to birth? Well, look, there's a lot of things we can do. Um, Prior to birth, you know, as as you said, start talking to your baby when you're in the third trimester because they can hear the world around you. Um, So they'll already have that bond with you by the time they're born um, just by knowing your voice. Um, while they can't see particularly well in the early stages, they certainly know that you're around through your voice. So that's one of the, the one things that you can do. The other things that you can do as well is when they're born, um, talk to them a lot, even when you know they're newborns. Um, researchers have found that uh, for kids whose parents talk to them frequently, they'll know around 300 more words at the age of two than a parent, than a, sorry, a child who, with a parent who doesn't talk to them often. So, you know, if you're wandering around the house and, you know, they're on the floor or in a rocker or that kind of thing, tell them what you're doing. Mum's just going out to get the washing or mum's going to pick up a ball or that kind of thing. So that can really help develop their language as well. Yeah, and I guess that then keeps you talking through the day too then, doesn't it? So then uh, when your lovely partner gets home at night, you're not going to chew their ear off. Yeah, that's exactly right. And one of the really lovely things as well is um, research has also shown that babies who are cuddled often 
have a thicker part of the hippocampus, which is the part that um, focuses on memory and um, improved focus. So if you keep giving your babies cuddles, it's good for their brain. Yeah, and you know, reading this uh, in the article about cuddling made me feel much better because when my kids were younger, they're older now, seven and nine, but when they were younger, I didn't really do a lot of, um, I guess, uh, uh, straight educational stuff with them. Like I didn't do flashcards. I didn't really teach them uh, reading or writing. I would just read to them. I would play with them. I would cuddle them. And they, they really learnt to read and write once they started uh, going to school. So reading that, you know, a cuddle is good enough to help with their brain development definitely made me feel much better. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you can't over-cuddle your baby. Totally. And how fast does the time go? Before you know it, um, you're dropping them off in the schoolyard and they're asking you to leave them at the gate. (laughs) Now, we're also talking uh, today about the transition to motherhood and it can be a really challenging time, not just after the baby comes along, but also with many uh, uh, mums and dads-to-be suffering from anxiety beforehand. And for many mums and dads, parenthood isn't exactly what they thought it would be. What are some of the challenges that new mums and dads can face and what, what exactly is perinatal anxiety and depression? Yeah, well, I mean, look, we, we all know that parenting is a bit of a challenge and it, it doesn't stop, but in those first early days, it really is um, a bit of a shock. Um, the limited sleep, um, you know, you don't babies don't come with a manual, so you're still learning how to care for this little one and what everything means. So, um, But what... Um, we're finding now is that perinatal anxiety and depression um, is affecting more and more of us. It's a very common mental illness. Um, And, you know, even before bub, a lot of anxiety is actually, um, uh, a lot of women are, yeah, a lot of women are feeling that anxiety when they're pregnant. pregnant, um, And a lot of them don't really realise what's actually happening to them. So about 80% of us um, or all new mums experience the baby blues, but we're talking about something more serious than that. And we've all had a postnatal depression, um, but there's also anxiety that comes into that as well. So, you know, it's, it's one of those time periods where it's really important to look after yourself. Um, and to be aware of the signs where it is actually getting too much for you. Yeah, and one of the things that I like about what you mentioned there is that it's not uncommon. A lot of mums can feel that uh, what they're going through, they're the only one that's only ones that are facing um, these problems or having these thoughts, but it really is quite common now, isn't it? No, and definitely when you look at social media and Instagram, you see all these fabulous mums who are doing a wonderful job and all that kind of thing, and it can make you feel a little bit insecure and you're not doing a great job if you are struggling. But the reality is most of us do struggle when we first bring home baby in particular. Mm. Um, you know, as I said, they don't come with a manual. We, <laughs> for a lot of us, we do think, what on earth is going on? Um, so it's, it's not uncommon and don't expect that you're going to, you know, come out of um, the birthing unit and suddenly be transformed into super mummy parts. Yeah, it can be really hard, can't it? I remember uh, when we came home from the hospital with my son, our first child, I'd never really been around babies before, and I just cried all the way home. And that first week or two, obviously you've got friends and family and all of that that are coming over to visit. I just remember standing in the bathroom and crying. I mean, I wanted my friends and family to be there visiting uh, our son, but at the same time I didn't want them to be there because I had no idea what to do with this little human being 
being that we'd brought home. And obviously I I had the baby blues, but there is a difference between having the baby blues and um, postnatal depression. What is the difference? So as you said, with the baby blues, that's, you know, when we're feeling a bit tearful and moody and we're a bit irritable and that's usually between the third and the tenth day after your baby's born and that's normal. That's because our hormones are working over time. It's all getting back to normal, you know, and um, we're also very tired. It's a bit of a, a bit of a shock to the system. But if it continues for longer than those ten days and you're finding that you're, you know, have a persistent generalised worrying and that's often about the focus of the baby and, you know, Again, that is relevant and quite normal for a lot of us. But mood swings, irritability and anger, feeling really sad and crying for no obvious reason, um, you know, very exhausted and unmotivated. And we know that sleep deprivation is rife in the early days, but we're talking about actually unmotivated to sort of get up and get around with your baby and that kind of thing. So, And finding yourself withdrawing from your loved ones and from your partner. So if you focus on... If you find yourself with any of those signs, and then of course the really obvious, serious ones about you know um, suicide or, or um, mistaking and impulsive behaviours, that's really time to go and speak to someone about getting some help. Yeah, and if a partner or a family member or a friend is listening and is concerned about someone they love, what can they do to help? Yeah, look, the biggest thing I think is to be patient and to be understanding and not judgmental in the support that you give. So a lot of women as well think, you know, if I tell my husband or my partner this is how I'm feeling, they're going to think of me less as a mother or all that kind of thing. And it's really about being non-judgmental. Mm. Um, and also the other thing is, you know, don't let, let's lay off making some of those big life decisions for the moment, such as buying a new house or changing careers or, you know, even your relationship. Um, and it's really important for carers as well to make sure they focus on their own health as well. So, you know, maybe take some time out and have a cup of coffee or something like that is really important too because it's hard work being a carer. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, if you are the partner of someone who, who's suffering from postnatal depression or anxiety, you probably are going to have to step up a little bit mm. and help out a little bit more than what you're expecting. Yeah. But look after yourself at the same time. Yeah, and I was reading an article the other day. Uh, it was a really good article about um, what not to say to mums who, or dads for that matter, who are suffering from anxiety or postnatal depression. And one of the things that stood out is not to tell them that it will pass. It, you're better off to understand, to see how you can help them, to help them seek help rather than just say, oh, you're tired, you'll be fine. It's, it's the baby blues and it will pass. Yeah, exactly, because it is, as we said, it is a more serious issue than just you're a little bit tired or you're a little bit overwhelmed or you've got the baby blues. So it it is a a bigger issue than that. So certainly, um, you know, comments like that don't really help. Or if you're in that situation where that's how you're feeling, you know, you can't see beyond that. So while it will pass with some help, um, it's probably not a great idea to make that, that comment. Yeah. Now, anyone who's listening who would like to talk to someone about how they're feeling or how a family member or a friend may be feeling if they're concerned for them, they can call Panda's hotline on 1300 726 306. And as I've referred to, there's also a really good article in the current issue of Mother and Baby magazine that has all of the contacts in there if you do need to uh, seek some further help. Yes. So thanks very much for joining us today, Erin. Thank you very much. The topics that we've spoken about today and more can be found in the current issue of Mother and Baby magazine if you're interested. Thanks for listening to the Rocking Motherhood Show. See you next time.